Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, that prayer just overwhelms me and has a work to do in our souls. We have received so much darkness and so much confusion and fear and so much anger and frustration. We've had ourselves open and maybe we haven't even recognized it, but we sing a song like that and we say, what we open our souls up is to the light of our God, the one who saves us and keeps us, the one whose promises are never broken, the one who, whose very nature is so good that it heals and restores and cannot be stopped from its work of redeeming in our lives. And it's not that we hope that you'll be good enough, not that we cross our fingers and hope that we catch you on a good day, and maybe, just maybe, you'll be good enough to bring healing. No, it is your very nature to heal and restore and save and seek the lost, to the discouraged, to those who are hopeless, to the broken, to the wounded. You reach out with love and offer life Father, all I want to ask this morning is that you would take these truths, this confidence we have in our God, that you would mobilize your church to reflect your light, that it would break out of these walls, crash through any window. Father, your work be seen through your people as we tune out the things that have gotten us all kinds of twisted up. say thanks for being here, here in the middle of August as summer begins to slip slowly away. And I hope that God is doing good things in your life uh, that you can see, that you can give praise for. And if not, I know that God is calling us to a faith to believe what we just sang about, that He is good, even if we can't quite see it in any given moment. If you are new or newer and you've never checked in with us, uh, please do so after the service at our guest center. We have a gift for you. <clears throat> We'd love to welcome you. Find out how we could pray for you, how we could serve you, what we could do to, to be of help to you in any way. So do that right after the service today. You have come or you have tuned in on a really awesome week because we are going to do something different today. It's something I'm really excited about because I believe it will be both encouraging and challenging, even energizing to us as the body of Christ we are in a series as we're walking through the summer here, and we have a few more weeks of this, that I've titled Remembering Who We Are. Who are we as believers? Who are we as Hope Christian Fellowship, as a church that in our very name, we've included the word hope because we believe that our church should be a place where hope spills out onto other people. How does that happen? How does it happen from little old us? I mean, we're a mess. How could hope spill out from me to someone else? And that's what we've been talking about. That's what we've been walking through as we've been walking through this summer. Today, I think that what we're going to do is something pretty simple. But I think 
the, the story and the people that, that God is going to use this morning are going to do something in your soul really deep. But I just want to set it up with why we're going to talk about this. Today, I want to talk about here's who we are and here's what we do. We are people who do good. It is, we don't do all good. We can't do everything. But there is something in your life that is designed for you to be a part of the kingdom work to do good. And I want to show you two verses in the Word of God that kind of that registered with me as I thought about what should we talk about this morning that, that drove me to what we're going to do this morning. We are people who do good. And it is just that simple. We do good. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Paul gets done through the whole beginning part of chapter 2 talking about this amazing, marvelous grace that God has poured out to save us, not by ourselves. It is by grace we've been saved, not by the works that we've done. And then he ends it with this. this the crescendo ends with verse 10, which says this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. What that means is for every single one of us who are believers, who have given our lives to Christ, who have experienced his salvation, that's not the end of the story. Not, thanks God, see you in heaven, check in if you need something. We were saved and designed, it says here, created in Christ Jesus to do good. And then it goes further than that and says, there is a way that God has prepared for you in advance. There is a pathway that he's laid out for you to do good. It may not be the same pathway as mine. It probably won't be. It will be unique for all of us. But you are not just here biding your time. You are not just here trying to tread water until Jesus comes back or you go to be with him. You are here to shine the light by doing good. And God has a plan, and I wonder, in all the stuff we're tuned into, in all the stuff on our schedule, if we are tuned into, well, God, what is it that you've asked me to do as a part of your kingdom? What is the good you've prepared for me to do? Maybe you're already doing it. You know, if you're a parent with young children, maybe you're already doing it. You just have to change your attitude about it a little bit. So that you can recognize that this is not just a frustrating time of life, but this is a calling of God in your life. But maybe you've kind of just gotten to a place where you've pushed everything off and you're like, I'm not doing anything extra. I don't know what, I'm just overwhelmed by everything. And you, you feel pointless, you feel powerless, you feel hopeless in life. Maybe it's because you were created to do good works. I want to flip to one more passage, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Paul says this, let us not become weary... In doing good. It, it can get tiresome. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, again, this path that God puts in front of us, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. This is what we are created to do. And I'm Today, I want to say, what does that look like? And I want to give you some examples that, that God just put in front of me that I think will give you some sense of how God gets to work in us to do good. We have some folks here at Hope that are working right here in Woodbury that God has given a, a really awesome ministry. And so I'm going to invite, first of all, I'm going to invite uh, Chick and Kathy to come on up and share with you something that God has been doing in them and continues to do in them, their ministry and the ministries we're going to hear about today may or may not be the thing that God is calling 
you two. But it might be. And if it is, there's an opportunity to get involved. But maybe what you hear this morning is just God giving you some inspiration, giving you a moment to think about what might God have for you where He has created you to do good. So I'm going to hand it over to you guys. Please welcome Chick and Kat. Good morning. I would love to tell you about Greater Woodbury Cooperative Ministries. Uh, we're on the web at gwcm.org. Uh, the Greater Woodbury Cooperative Ministries was formed by eight churches here in Woodbury back in 1997 with the idea that they would be able to work together better than working alone. In 2002, they opened their first food pantry at, uh, in a basement room at the Friends Meeting property up on Broad, North Broad Street. In 2007, they moved to the Seventh-day Adventist Church over at Evergreen and Barber Avenue. Uh, by that time now, we are up to 12 churches in Greater Woodbury Cooperative Ministries, including Hope Christian Fellowship. I started volunteering when I retired in 2012, but actually I got recruited a number of years before that when Kathy said, I have something important for you to do. I think that related to the passage that Mark just showed us. Uh, I, I try to help in any way that I can while I'm over there. Uh, carrying food to the clients' cars, uh, restocking shelves, sorting the donations that come in. Uh, I also serve as the board secretary, but I'm also the webmaster. I manage the website, gwcm.org. Uh, volunteering at Greater Woodbury has been uh, one of the most fulfilling parts of my life, especially in my later years. Uh, it has given me purpose for my days. Uh, it has taught me so much about people and working with people. Uh, I've learned, especially, that good people can have their lives completely turned upside down by life's circumstances. And they need to be able to reach out and get help from others, at least for a while, till things get better. In trying times, like a, a job loss or housing loss, family problems, all of which have been made far worse during COVID, it's really, really good to be able to have a community of support being a part of that type of a support network has really been a blessing to me and is giving more meaning to my life. It's also very, very rewarding to be working with others, especially people who have a heart, a genuine care for helping others. I'm, I'm amazed sometimes at the extreme kindness that some people can show. And it teaches me <laughs> to be a better person. 
Uh, we get to know each other as we work and chat at the pantry. Uh, we get to share life's stories with each other, which then leads to an opportunity to pray for each other. And at the start of every morning that we're there, one of us from the group will lead us in prayer before we start. Many of our clients have been coming week, every week, many weeks during COVID. Some of our regulars used to come on a monthly basis and they're still there. Uh, those of us who get a chance to actually have contact with the clients find that that is really a blessing back in the other direction. You think you're helping by giving them food, but the contact with people is really part of the blessing uh, of serving. Uh, let, me, let me just tell you a, a quick story. Um, there's a woman named Stella. Uh, I, she noticed me in a sling back last fall when I had broken my shoulder. And as I went to take the food on a cart out to her car, she said, oh, no, no, well, let, let me help with that. And she reached down and helped. And then she shared with me that she, too, had had a shoulder problem and had surgery and was recovered. A couple weeks later, she saw me without my cast. And she said, oh, how, how are you doing? And I said, well, things have gotten better, but I still can't lift my arm in this direction. And she said, come here. And she showed me a little exercise of walking your fingers up the wall. <laughs> so every time she comes now, we make a big thing <laughs> about, yo, Stella, and we wave arms at each other. There's another guy, Paul, an elderly man who's been coming for years and years. He drives an old beat-up Jeep, and he's lately having a little trouble parking his vehicle. But I've never seen this man without a smile on his face or a kind word to say to people. Even when he gets out of his car and goes over and stands in line, he chats up everybody there with something warm and comforting to say to them. So you go, Paul. And then let me mention uh, volunteers, especially those from Hope. There's a volunteer named Viscount. Many of you may know him. He's lately been working back in the sound booth here at Hope. He has an automotive business, yet he finds time every Tuesday or Thursday to come out and help us carry food to people's cars. I, even with a COVID mask on, I've, you can see that smile. Uh, then there's uh, Michelle and Patty, who both have people and administrative skills that makes them perfect for working the front door, meeting the clients, finding out their names, the number of people in their family, giving them the idea of certain choices that we may offer for meats or, or other kinds of things. Connecting with 30 to 50 clients each day, always with a smile, always with a kind word, always with the patience of Job. And then there's Phyllis, who runs our packing room, and Marcus, who helps break down 100 boxes so that we can recycle all that cardboard. The list of volunteers from Hope includes people like Hap 
and uh, Charlotte and Ken, uh, Kathy and Bill Repas, uh, Susan, Angelo, and also my bunny. And then there's Kathy, the big cheese. The executive, Kathy's the executive director of Greater Woodbury Cooperative Ministries Food Pantries. And God, she is God's perfect choice for leading our team. I want to show you a little video to give you a feel for the outreach ministries of Greater Woodbury. And at the end, you'll note the slide gives our web address, gwcm.org. whenever I hear Chick call me the big cheese. <laughs> I'm really much more of a melted cheese sandwich. And I say that because I still have vivid memories of a meltdown the night before we opened the first food pantry back in 2002. That, that night, just a wave of fear and doubt came over my mind. And 
and thoughts like, you don't know anything about what you're doing. You, you, you've never had an empty refrigerator. In fact, you get grumpy when you don't have snacks. And you have never met a homeless person. And thankfully, through the night, God's Holy Spirit just kind of said to me, just show up. I'll do the rest. Just show up. And so I do. I just keep showing up, and he keeps showing me just all the marvelous, wonderful things that he can do. Back uh, at the peak of COVID, our number of clients who were coming to the food pantry tripled. And we were suddenly providing groceries to feed 1,736 people in a month. Food just kept flying off the shelves. By the end of each day that we were open, there was no food on the shelf. And at the same time, the grocery stores were saying, there's a limit on how many items you can buy at one time. Four tuna fish cans. We're just not going to cut it for the over 100 cans of tuna that we would need every single week. And not just tuna, but 100 peanut butters, 100 jellies, 100 spaghettis, 100 spaghetti sauces. Meltdown. Meltdown. <clears throat> but I didn't know what we were going to do, but God knew. And God provided grants for money, uh, businesses that came alongside of us that donated product, and he touched individuals, one by one. And those individuals looked at the website that Chick had, had prepared, showing the list of the foods that we needed at the food pantry. And one person would bring in four, another person would bring in four, another person would bring in four. It adds up to 100. And not just 100 cans of tuna, but 100 of everything that we needed. And he just continued to provide for all of our needs. And, and sometimes in unusual ways. There was a farmer that I didn't know who called me on my cell phone. And I don't really even know my own cell phone. So I don't know how that happened. But the farmer called and he said, I have 54 bags of corn. There are 12 ears of corn in each bag. Can you use them? Sure, sure. So he drops them off the next day and he gives me 54 bags of corn. Guess how many families came to the food pantry that day? Exactly, 54. And there are other God moments. There was a nine-year-old boy who was riding by in a car with his mom on his way to day camp. And he happened to see all the people lined up at the food pantry. And he said to his mom, why are all those people there? And she said, well, it's a food pantry, and those people are going through some tough times. And they're in line because they need to get food to feed their families. 
And the boy looked at his mother and he said, we need to help them. So he went home and he hooked up with three of his buddies. And they came up with an idea that they were going to have a bake and book sale. Baked goods and books. It was a success. They came and donated $746 to the food pantry. But that's not the end of the story. They went back to school and they told other friends about the food pantry. They told their teachers about the food pantry. And before we knew it, they were having a Thursday food drop-off at their school where the entire school could drop off food on a weekly basis. What an example that boy was to all of us. So many times we get caught up in our own agenda, our own stuff, and we hardly even notice what's happening around us and the needs that are right in our own backyard. You may not be able to volunteer uh, in person at the food pantry, but there are certainly plenty of creative ways that you could help. Last September, a very dear friend of ours who was a volunteer at the food pantry died very suddenly. Mary Ellen was her name, and Mary Ellen was a shopper for the food pantry. And a friend of hers, Leslie, put out an email to all the friends and neighbors and said, let's have a food collection in Mary Ellen's honor for her memory. And you can drop the food things off at our front porch. And so they did that, and it was a huge success. But now, it's a year later, and neighbors and friends are still dropping off food items on their front porch, and Leslie and her husband continue to bring it over every week. Maybe you could do a food drive in your own neighborhood. Or maybe you have a small group, and you can come up with something that you could do together uh, as a project. We always need uh, toiletry items like toothpaste and deodorant and shampoo. Making bags of toiletries is one, one suggestion. Another is you could make casserole bags. There are the big Ziploc bags. Put the recipe in the Ziploc bag and put all of the products that are needed to make that recipe in the bag so it's complete. And then there are birthdays and anniversaries when you have a perfect opportunity to say, you don't need to get me anything this year. Let's do something for the food pantry. And a group of our friends um, were celebrating uh, a dear friend's 85th birthday. So we gave her 85 rolls of toilet paper for her birthday. And she loved it, and so did the other 85 families that benefited from all of that. So over and over again, we are seeing our version of the story of the loaves and fishes, that God takes what we have, he multiplies it, and he's made provision for all of the things.
And I just encourage you to pay attention to those nudges from the Holy Spirit. I really think he has something in mind for you. And sometimes we're just too busy to listen. Pay attention to those nudges. And just show up. God will do the rest. And I think Chick and I would both agree, it's such a joy to be used by God. Thank you. Thank you. GWCM.org. Isn't that exciting? And I love how God is at work using us as a part of that. I love that God is using hopers, and maybe there's something there that God wants to engage you, or maybe that stirs up something and you've got some, some thoughts. But there's a whole other ministry that's just on my heart. I think you're going to love what God is doing here. So I'm going to invite Isaiah and Julia to come on up. And uh, they've got stuff that, that God has put in their life that they are doing that I think is equally powerful and very different, uh, and I want them to have an opportunity to share with you guys today. So welcome, Isaiah and Julia. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Isaiah Owens, and this is my wife, Julia, and we're here to tell you guys today about a ministry that we're involved in called uh, Young Life, both very near and dear to our hearts. And uh, before we really get into the presentation, we just want to show you guys a very quick video just to kind of explain what's going on. Young Life happens in an area because local people who have a heart for kids rise up and catch the vision. As a leader, I'm walking through life with high school kids as they process um, who God is and what that means for them. I'm really excited because my church doesn't have anything for teenagers or the youth. Our leaders are running deep with kids, and kids are not just hearing the gospel, but are processing it and participating in conversations. I'm glad, you know, because I wouldn't know half of the stuff I know now. Well, I think it's about God, life, and Jesus, and also we're talking about the Bible. Without the local body of Christ rising up and catching a vision, we, we can't make a difference. But once they catch a vision, then it, it'll soar, it'll take off. We've seen Woodstown explode with growth. We've started a new club in, in Woodbury. We're seeing development and bubbling uh, in Haddon Heights, uh, in towns like Collingswood and Cherry Hill. Hey, I'm here with Haddonfield Young Life, and we're going crazy! Our next community is, is Cumberland County. We do not have a presence in Cumberland County. Let's figure out how we can do this together. You will be blessed by the sacrifice you give, but to see what it does to the children in the community is astounding. Okay, so what is Young Life? Um, Young Life's mission statement is introducing adolescents to Jesus Christ and helping them grow in their faith. So there's really two parts to that. Um, the first part is introducing them to Jesus, right? So Young Life is an outreach ministry. We like to use this illustration where we say the church is the hospital and Young Life is the ambulance. 
So it's really just a tool. Young Life is a tool or a vehicle that we use to reach the farthest out kids. The kids who aren't walking into the church by themselves, the kids who want nothing to do with religion, want nothing to do with Jesus, those are the kids that we're trying to get to. Um, and then once we get to them, once we form relationships with them, we want to plug them back into the church um, because they're not going to be in high school forever and they're going to need a community where they can continue to grow in, right? The next part is um, helping them grow in their faith. So teenagers... Um, <laughs> are going to have a really difficult time growing in their faith in this time right now. Um, and what we are going to be doing is discipling them, right? We're not just going to be sharing the gospel with them, but we're also going to be sharing our lives with them. Uh, we invite them into our home. We um, allow them to see what it looks like to live for Jesus in every aspect of that. Um, and we also help them process the really, really difficult questions they're asking about who God is and what that means for them. So the cool thing is that Young Life just isn't a local thing. It's also an international thing. Um, you know, we're all over the world, you know, and regardless where it is, you know, it looks different, different places you go. There's different ethnicities, different cultures. But the most important thing that is the same across the board is that we want to reach kids for the gospel, um, whether it's kids who are, you know, middle school kids, high school kids, kids with disabilities, single mothers, whatever it is, we want them to have a relationship or be exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So in Gloucester County, just our county alone, we have other counties in South Jersey. Um, we have a couple of ministries. We have our own, which is the newest. Um, we've only been around for like around two years, I think, um, and the majority of that has been through COVID. Um, and then we also have Clearview and Washington Township High School Ministry, which is actually the club that I went to when I was in high school, and that's actually how I came to know the Lord. Um, and then we have Capernaum, which is for special needs. Um, this is one of the coolest ministries that you could um, plug in for a kid who, who needs a spot to belong. Special needs kids flourish here. Um, they really do. And then properly named, we have a middle school ministry named Wildlife. <laughs> yeah, if you have one, you know. <laughs> um. So how we reach kids. So our goal is, like Julia said, is to really share our lives with kids. Like we need to earn the right to be heard. We have to show up. We have to invest in them before we can really start to share the gospel with them. Um, so how we do that is first and foremost, we do outreach and contact work. What that is, just doing something of interest to the kid. It's going to the school, um, you know, watching their basketball game, watching their football game, maybe playing pickup basketball with them, getting ice cream, you know, whatever the kid wants to do or likes to do, we want to be there and meet them there. Uh, the second thing is we also have club. We call it a party with a purpose because, you know, the majority of it, like you saw on the screen, kids just like, acting crazy, you know, singing songs, playing games, dancing around. Like, kids love that. They want to be able to break out of their shell and just be themselves. Um, but the purpose of it, why we call it a party with the purpose, is the last 10 minutes of every club, we introduce kids to the gospel. Like, a lot of these kids have never been to church. You know, they don't really know. They, they know who Jesus is, but they don't really know who he is, right? So we're able to talk to them about, like, who the character of Jesus is and introduce them to Christ now, our hope and prayer is that some of those kids and also the kids that already do know Christ would, you know, first off, the kids who don't know Christ would come to know Christ. The other kids that already do know Christ as well, we do campaigners. It's a group of kids who get together, you know, really dig into the word to be able to grow in their faith, but also we empower them to be able to, be able to evangelize their friends that they can reach out to their lost friends at school. So why did we do it? Uh, why did we start Wilberry Young Life? Um, like I mentioned before, 
Um, I did not come from a Christian home. I did not grow up in a Christian home. I grew up Catholic, but my family wasn't religious. Um, it was more of a traditional thing that we did. Um, so I wasn't going to church actively or anything like that. But when I became a sophomore in high school, I had a friend um, who actually wasn't the best influence on me, <laughs> but she was invited by a friend who did know Jesus. So we both went to Young Life, um, and this was the first place where I heard the gospel in a way that I could really process it. And probably four months into going into Young Life, like consistency, consistently, I went to camp, and there I actually accepted the Lord. So since then, it, it's been completely, you know, 180, changing, life-changing. My family still doesn't know the Lord, um, but that's okay because I do, and I get to share gospel with them. Um, but so after I graduated from high school, I started leading at that same ministry. So I started leading at Clearview, and I did that for a few years, and I loved it. Um, but then we started dating, and he started doing it with me too. So we were both leading at Clearview for a little bit. And we said, hmm, Clearview has been around for like 20 years. Maybe we should start something new. They're doing okay without it. They'll do okay without us, um, and they are still. Um, why don't we just pray about starting something new? Um, Isaiah went to Woodbury High School, so we felt that that was where we were called to next. Um, and then God gave us a little house in Woodbury, two minutes from here, um, where we get to meet with kids, and we have the opportunity to do the same thing that I got to do when I was in high school. Um, the other thing, the what drives us the most, though, is we understand that high school kids right now, we are at war for kids' souls. Kids' souls are hanging in the balance, and there are a lot of lost kids who need to hear the gospel. There are so many. <laughs> and we really hope that um, we have the opportunity to just get a few. <laughs> we know that there are a ton, and we hope that we get to reach many but we know that we're only going to get a few, and that's who we're doing it for. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Next. So on the first two years, uh, kind of in review, we grew from five to ten kids who come out consistently. Uh, half our consistent kids actually don't have a relationship with Christ right now. And in addition to our ten main kids, we have another five kids that come out occasionally. And one also cool thing is before COVID hit, we were able to attend fall camp and brought six of our kids. Um, what we're excited about this year is that we're finally like coming out of COVID, hopefully. And our hope and prayer is that now we're able to really grow and start to really, you know, take hold of the community. Yeah. Instead of just having to meet in small groups. Mm -hmm. um, so future goals. Uh, we have a lot of things that we want to accomplish. We have a lot of things that we would love to do. Um, but ultimately, we're ultimately we're going to leave it in the Lord's hands. Um, what He wants to do with us, we're going to be obedient. Um, but not only do we hope to grow Woodbury Young Life, but we also hope that it expands to other high schools. There are a lot of high schools in this area um, where, who are just un, unreached, you know? There's Deptford, West Deptford, Gateway, um, Paul's Barrow, um, and we really hope that this starts domino effect so that those kids are also being reached. Um, and the other thing is, is we really hope that... Um, this ministry goes on beyond us. We have, we probably won't be leading forever, but um, just like Clearview and Township has been around, around for a long time, we are hoping that we are just laying the foundation and that God continues this ministry after we're done um, so that it continues to do what we originally started for, reaching kids for the sake of the gospel at Woodbury. So if you at all feel led to partake in this ministry, there's multiple ways that you can serve. 
Um, there's volunteer leading, which is what me and Julia do. We you know sacrifice our time, energy, and efforts to go meet these kids. There's also being a committee person. A committee person is any adult figure in the community who really just has a heart for the ministry, you know, who wants to be a spiritual mentor to volunteer leaders. And on top of that, there's also Friends of Young Life, people who just want to, you know, bring snacks to club. They want to drive kids to club. They just want to fill a need where, you know, there is one. And then lastly and most importantly, it's prayer. You know, prayer for us as we, you know, continue on this ministry. Prayer for the kids, that kids would come to know Christ. And just prayer for the organization as a whole. So the last thing we really just want to share is... Um, we are just average Joe Schmoes. There's nothing special about us. Um, and we understand that we were called to Woodbury Young Life, and we just decided as average people that we were going to answer the call to the Great Commission. Um, and we are missionaries in our own backyards. But there is no question that, you know, everyone in this room is also called to that. Um, and maybe it's not to teenagers. We understand that. Um, maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's a different people group. Maybe it's your neighbor. I know we've heard that a thousand times, but really think about that. Think about how there is nothing like watching somebody, a soul, go from death to life. There's nothing like it. And God gives us the opportunity to participate in that. He wants to be, use us as tools to watch people go from death to life. And we have the gospel to do that. And so if you've ever felt inadequate, we're right there with you. We are just, there's, there's, God is the one who qualifies us, right? So it, it's totally worth getting out of your comfort zone um, and seeing who God is calling you to. Uh, but that's it. Thanks, guys. So you can tell why. I'm so proud. I'm so full of what God is doing here uh, through some of our folks. And those are just a few of the stories that we could tell. So here's the only question I got for us today. You are his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do. What is it? Maybe it's partnering up with people that God is is just shared with you this morning or maybe there's something in your life that God the Spirit is like hey this 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 will we step into that I pray that we will we'll let God pour his power into us to be a part of what he's doing in this world so let's close our service in order of prayer would you pray with me Father we thank you for these moments I pray Father for your power on these two ministries and for those of of our people and for those of your kingdom who are involved in these ministries that reflect your heart, that share your goodness, that invite people into a relationship with you. And I pray, Father, you would pour out your, your power and your provision as those ministries go forward. I pray that you would connect our church to them or to other things that you have for us to do. Father, we, we are called to love people and Theoretically, that, that sounds really good, but it, when we acknowledge our own humanity, what we recognize is that we need something on our schedule. We need to have a plan. We need to do it regularly to discipline our souls into a posture of it's not about me and it's not for me and I'm not at the center of this story. 
And without that, Father, we recognize we just drift into the kind of normal hopelessness and, and blandness and chaos of what life is for people who don't know you. But Father, when we have that plan to do good, when we, when we respond to your calling and when we step into it, plants a flag in our life that says, this is how I'm going to serve my Lord and this is how I'm going to love people. This is how I'm going to train my soul to be in a posture of love towards others. So Father, I ask that you would do this work in us, stir us up to the works that you have prepared for us to do, to the good that you have put in front of us to do. Open our eyes, help us to see it and help us to step into it, we pray. For it's in the name of Jesus we ask. Amen. Thanks everybody.